everyone. My, thank you. My name is Maria, and I, I'm Ike's uh, other half. Yeah. The better half. Yeah. No. That's what I expected you would say, but... Uh. I usually don't see you guys because um, I'm in the children's wing over there in children's ministry, leading and loving my 15 grade one kiddos. And that's where I love to be. One thing you can know about Deer Run Church is that we love children here. And we believe in families. And while you're in here every Sunday, we're over there in children's ministry, and we're doing the same thing that you're doing here. We're leading children to become fully devoted followers of Christ. So in the last three weeks, we've been going through the introduction, or the last four weeks, we've been going through the introduction kind of of our theme for 2020, uh, Made for More. And so we're now going to start another series called Just a Phase, and this I think ties in really, really well with the Made for More. So as you go through this uh, series with us, I hope that as families, I hope that as aunts and uncles, as siblings, as cousins, grandparents, all of the different part, um, groups that are represented here, uh, I hope that you recognize that um, all of us have a part in family life and that we want to lead our families in such a way that they will discover that they are made for more, that our kids will discover that, as families that we will discover that. And so we're going to walk us through these different phases. We're going to look at, you know, today we're going to look at sexuality, we're going to look at media, we're going to look at faith, and I, and I think it really ties in well. So uh, to begin kind of our, our series, let's look at something that I think most of you've heard. You've probably all at some point in your life heard this saying, or you've said it. It's just a phase. And the way you normally conclude that is how? And it will pass. You know, just the idea basically behind it is just endure this. They're two years old. Just get through it. You know, survive, and then you'll be okay. And so what we want to do instead is we want to put a positive spin to that. So we want to rather look at it and say, it's just a phase, so don't miss it. Okay? So I want you to see that. There's, there's a very, very different mindset as, you know, it will pass. It'll, you know, it'll be okay. You want to rather look at it and just say, it's just a phase. So in this phase, we don't want to miss it. So what do we mean by a phase? A phase is a time frame, frame in a kid's life when you can leverage distinctive opportunities to influence their future. What that means is that in every single phase, you have an opportunity to connect with that child in a way that you will not be able to in a later or in, a, in an earlier phase. And so this is a really important time. It's a time frame in a kid's life when you can leverage distinctive opportunities to influence their future. So rather than just enduring these phases, let's make sure that we recognize that every single phase comes with its challenges, but more importantly, every single phase comes with its unique opportunities. It's just a phase, so don't miss it. And that's words that we're going to hear a lot this month in our preaching. We want to turn that negative phrase upside down and, and just like Ike said, make it positive. Remind ourselves that it's just a short phase and we don't want to miss a moment of it. A parent has 936 weeks from birth until graduation. So these marbles here are an illustration, a visual for you. And this is pretty um, awakening for parents sometimes when you look at this. There's 936 weeks from birth until graduation. When your child is in grade one, that will be about 624 marbles left. That's 624 weeks. In, by grade eight, look at how much this has gone down. There's only 240 weeks left. And when you're in grade 12, 
Once your child is in grade 12, you have less than 52 weeks of parenting left to go. So this is just supposed to be a visual to kind of be able to see and, and so that we are reminded that, yes, as the time goes down, there's a lot, a lot less time, but let's make the most of the time that we do have. Yeah, and, as, and when you look at that, it's just, wow, time flies. I think some of us that are in that later one, that's like, oh, I used to have this many, and now I only have this many, and so time flies. And so I think this is why it's important for us now to kind of just, uh, you know, be aware of the fact that we will not always have the same opportunities that we have with the kids that are in the earlier phases. And so we don't want to miss what's happening in every critical phase as they're growing up. So again, really quickly, a phase is a time frame in a kid's life when you can leverage distinctive opportunities to influence their uh, future. So let's walk quickly through the phases, um, and then we're going to look at it later on, go back and visit them through the lens of sexual integrity. And so really quickly, in preschool, your kids are asking the question, am I safe? This is the little ones. Am I safe? Am I able? Am I okay? Now, they're not audibly asking that. They're maybe, maybe not even aware of these kind of questions, but our role during this phase is to embrace their physical needs. You know, their needs, their physical needs at this time are really, really important. So you need to embrace their physical needs. Ask any mom of a toddler how exhausting that is, and she's going to look at you, and if she can, you know, still has energy to say, I, I agree, she's going to agree with you because it's a complicated, it's a difficult, it's an exhausting time, but we want to embrace their physical needs. But to bring your child or to bring your child through this phase, you will need to respond consistently. You know, develop their confidence, cultivating their self-control. Discipline during this um, phase is very crucial because this is the discipline phase if you took the parenting course. And so this is an, an important one. In the elementary phase, here we are caregivers and are going to engage their interest. This is a fun phase, okay? Their wonder and discovery are high and they are like little scientists forever and ever trying to discover, trying to understand, trying to, uh, you know, get a grasp on what's happening. Their internal question is this. Do you, uh, do I have your attention? If you have these kids in this phase, you've probably heard this again and again. Look at me, look at me. You see what I made? I drew this. Mom, 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 mom. And I could just go on and on and on. You know, and you're like, I am trying to do, mom, mom, ugh. You know, and why are they, what, mom, mom, dad, 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 why? Are you paying attention to me? Do you see me? Do you notice me? Do you, you know, do I have what it takes Look at what I drew. Is this good? Is this good? You know, they're constantly, do I have what it takes? Am I good enough? All those kind of things. Do I have friends? Motivated, all of this is motivated greatly by fun. And so this is, again, a very interesting, but it can be, um, you know, tiring, but it takes a lot of work. But the investment you make in these phases are crucial. Middle school years, that's grade, that's grade six to eight. We as parents are here to affirm their personal journey. God knows they need a lot of affirmation, right? And we've all been there. So... They are asking questions like, who likes me? Who am I? Who do I want to be? We're here to provide stability, celebrate their uniqueness, and help them to experience significance in junior high. And then lastly, in the high school years, those ones, our children need us to mobilize their potential and prepare them for service. So we do this by answering their internal questions of where do I belong? Why should I believe? How can I matter? through supporting them in community, clarifying values, and helping them to create a plan for their future. This is when we're, we're launching them, mm -hmm. right? And of course, through it all, we're bathing the phases in prayer, right? Lord, help me be the parent 
that my child needs. Lord, help me be the grandpa that my child needs. Lord, help me be the adult friend that this child needs. Mm. And at the end of that, when we've emptied the jar of marbles, and when we've embraced and we've engaged, we've affirmed and we've mobilized, we will have prepared him for authentic faith in Jesus Christ and also a personal mission to contribute to the world in a healthy way as adults. So there's the phases really, really quickly, and, and obviously much, much more can be said. Uh, and again, those, you know, it's important for you to pick up some of the resources that are at the back because they're going to help you understand the phases. But let's go back now, look at these phases again, but now through the lens of sexual integrity. Um, we want to walk through these because sexual integrity is one of those things that you need to recognize starts already, you know, at the earliest phases. You need to have those conversations early on. So what do we mean by sexual integrity? It's the idea of guarding my potential for intimacy through appropriate boundaries and mutual respect. Okay, you see it on the screen there. Take a look at that because this is so important. The idea of guarding my potential for intimacy through appropriate boundaries and mutual respect. Remember, every phase is crucial. You do not only start talking about sexual integrity when they're in the last phase. This is something you begin, because here's what you need to know about all of the things that we're going to talk about. You build from one phase on, onto the next. So if you haven't laid a foundation for something here, you will have to pick up that work later on. And so it's really important for us to recognize that every single phase is crucial. So in the preschool stage, this is ages zero, so newborn to age four. The goal here is to introduce them to their body. So this is, this is pretty simple. Obviously, you're not going to be having an in-depth sex talk with a preschooler. Please don't. No. But you, you want to start the conversation. And this is really, honestly, as easy as it gets here. There's nothing, this is not an awkward stage at all. Start with the basics. So between ages one and two, the sex talk is going to sound something like this. God made your body. God made your hands and your nose and your eyes and your feet. God made you special just the way that he wanted you. Psalm 139, most of us know that. Psalm 139, verse 14, it says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So we say, God created you and your body. That's the sex talk at this phase. Mm. Make sure to name body parts, right? Use the real names for private parts. And when you do that, it brings dignity to those parts. And it also teaches kids respect. We're not going to use baby talk. We don't. We don't refer to, I, I don't want to say slang words right now, but we don't say uh, baby talk words or slang uh, words for body parts. We use the right words so that we can continue that on. And usually it's the parents that are awkward around that, not the kids. Right. The kids don't know anything else, you know. It's like, is it a wee or is it a, you know, they don't know. Um, you, you are the only one that's awkward. That's true. So that's why it's important to yeah. actually not be awkward. and it brings just, dignity. Right, Exactly. So as they grow in this preschool phase, you will have lots of opportunities to affirm them in their growth, right? And you know that. If you've seen children around, you, can, you know that they're just looking for that um, affirmation. So we want to, them to have a very healthy view of their body and their sexuality. So include lots of hugs and cuddles as you talk, which isn't hard with preschoolers and, and newborns. That's a fun part. Answer questions honestly and encourage them to keep asking it's good. Keep asking the questions. So part of introducing them to their bodies is also acknowledging the difference between males and females. Okay, so if you're having conversations with them and maybe they're asking, you know, about different body parts, it's okay to say something like, no, girls don't have a penis. And done. You, you've just said it and they begin to recognize because they don't know. 
They, they aren't aware of those things, and so you just say those things, and they will very quickly understand. The other thing that's important in this phase is to begin to define privacy. Part of explaining the differences is also to explain you know, the importance and to focus on defining and explaining privacy. This isn't shaming them, but to coach them to recognize that there are private parts that are meant to be private. There are times where it's polite not to stare. And, you know, if you ever are in an awkward place, like a public swimming pool or somewhere like that, where you have the change room, and, and you know that moment where your kid's just like, you know, and it's like, look away, look away, you know, it's not polite to stare. And so sometimes you have to have those kind of conversations, you know, and if you're like, where, how am I going to bring this up? Take them to a public place like that, and the, the conversation will come up, I promise you. Here's something I want you to hear, especially in all of the phases, but, you know, in this phase especially. Never shame a child in the, area of sexual, uh, in, in the area of sexuality. Never shame a child in the area of sexuality in any phase, okay? You're not going to say something like, oh, look at your little, you know, or something like that. You're not going to say, you know, gross, stop touching yourself, you know, blah, 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 those kind of things. Because if we begin, if we shame our children in the area of sexuality, they retreat, Okay, and they will retreat, and they will say to themselves, like, that was embarrassing last time, and I was made to feel bad. Now, the, here's the other thing. Not only is it, does it impact the relationship between the parent, it impacts their relationship with this topic. We don't want kids growing up thinking that sex is this disgusting thing. God made it, and it's beautiful. And so this is one of those really important things that we never, ever shame a child in the area of sexuality. So moving on to the elementary phase, this is, so this is kindergarten uh, up to grade five. This is, a, this is a big stage here. Such a fun phase. We know this is a great one. And if you're in this phase right now, just enjoy it. Super fun. It's the time when they are old enough to understand, and so they're starting to ask more questions, right? The goal in this phase is to inform them about how things work. Mm. We're going to inform them about how things work. Because remember, they are scientists, right? They want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. So we're going to answer their questions and inform them about how things work. So you've already been using real names for body parts. So now we're going to begin to expand their knowledge. They should have a healthy view and respect for these parts and the need for privacy. But at the same time, there's no shame, which is what you were just talking about, surrounding the private parts of their body. These parts are created by God just like all our other parts of our body are. Begin to talk about boundaries here. So boundaries would be things like your body belongs to you. Right? We were very careful in how we said it, but at the, at the same time, very clear about how nobody has the right to touch their private parts. That's, that's pretty basic. All of us here as adults know that, but children, we need to, we need to reinforce that and teach that for children. Explain where babies come from. This is what you're going to do in the, in the elementary phase. We're going to eventually get to the point of where we're explaining where babies come from. So how marriage works, marriage, conception, and then birth. We're going to go through all of that. We all know that babies are not dropped off by the stork, okay? So we don't, or, or picked up at Walmart. Yeah. We heard if you're that. an adult here and you didn't know that, come talk to us. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll set, set you straight. We'll set, but. Yeah. yeah, we're okay. We're okay with talking about it. <laughs> but don't, don't, we don't want to tell our kids that, right? Babies are not dropped off by the stork, so we're not going to tell our kids that. Give simple answers to biological questions, the basics. So I liked to think of myself as a nurse. When, when my kids were in elementary, I kind of, uh, my kids were laughing about this this week, but I sort of always had the mentality, I'm a nurse. When you ask a nurse a question, like, in a, like an embarrassing question, she's not embarrassed about it, right? A nurse answers in a matter-of-fact, direct way. 
And that just tells you, okay, she's comfortable with this. So that's the way that I, as a mom, looked at it. I just answer the questions. Um, and when you do that, it tells your kids that you are comfortable with the topic and that you're safe to talk to. Yeah. The sex talk uh, at this stage explains what happens. And so don't be afraid to have the what is sex talk. Okay? We're not just talking about the sex talk. We're talking about now what is sex. And your kids may ask you that at some point. Like, what is it? You know? and, and so at this point, you, you, you need to be comfortable having that conversation. I know Marie and I, we had this conversation with our kids from young on. <clears throat> and it teaches them to show respect towards this topic. Again, like Maria said before, we didn't use any slang language. We didn't, you know, one rule in our house is that we never, ever um, have sexual, uh, sexual jokes about anything. It's just an area that is treated with dignity. And so it's not a dirty topic that mom and dad are afraid of. And the kids need to, to learn that. Um, sex is beautiful, special, and private way for husband and wife to be together. Never shut down questions that they may have. Parents need to be the safe place for kids to come and ask about these kind of things. And so if you as a parent um, push them away, that, that teaches them that you're not safe. Near the end of this phase, uh, you will need to begin to have conversations around growth spurts, body odor, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> excuse me, it's awkward place to, <laughs> yeah, awkward place to, uh, as a, what I need to say next, breast and tecular, develop, and tecular development, body hair, menstruation, erections, all those kind of things. This is the, uh, the phase and this is the time where you have those conversations. You know, your, your kids might one day ask, like, why is everything hurting? And you begin to explain body, uh, you, know, you know, growth and just um, the, the pain that comes with that. Same with some of these other things. They're going to have questions about these things. You need to speak to them. You need to speak about those topics. At this phase, you want to define beauty and modesty, okay? Gently teach them that not everyone shows respect in these areas. There are, there are people out there who are not safe and who do not have respect in the area of sexuality. And so you need to very gently, because you don't want them to be afraid of everyone or everything, but you need to gently begin to teach them that. So that if they ever see, you know, or hear of something that isn't respectful, they know that they can come and talk to you. In the middle school years, that's grade 6 to grade 8. I call it junior high because I'm old school, but you can also call it middle school. The goal of this phase, as far as sexual integrity goes, is to interpret what is changing. And everything is changing, it seems, at this stage, right? Amen. <laughs> they need you to explain what some of these changes mean for them. So this is a stage where a lot of their questions on this topic become more real to them because they're actually going through it. I love what Orange says. I, I thought this was kind of cute um, in the curriculum and the reading and the research that we were doing. It said, with any change, you have three options. You can resist and inevitably fail, right? You can resist change, but you'll fail. You can also ignore it, but become increasingly disconnected. We don't want that. Or you can talk about it and probably suffer a fair amount of eye rolls, but it's okay, you're both gonna survive. And that's what happens in middle school. There's a lot of eye rolling that happens. So now you start answering questions about sex in greater detail. And if you don't, the internet will. Mm -hmm. And that's just the reality of life right now. They're friends or the internet will. So you have to be the one that are gonna answer the questions for them. So parents, it's so important for you to help them. Say things like, I'm glad you told me that. Or, uh, thank you for talking about this. Or, that's a really good question. We have always been very intentional about affirming our kids' questions. And sometimes, um, we have to admit too, we verbally said to our kids, you know, you can tell me anything. But then our reactions um, or our body language 
it kind of says, no, not safe to tell mom and dad. So we don't want to do that. We have done it in the past, and we, we don't want you to do that either. So learn from mistakes, right? Uh, be very intentional to listen without reacting. So even if in your mind you are horrified, hmm. this question is horrifying. I don't know what I'm going to say. Stay calm. Lord, please help me. God, help me to answer this question in the right way. For example, one of our kids asked us a question once at their age that we did not expect at all. Um, so it was so important in that moment to just to stay calm, to answer the question, and, and give a good detailed answer, not brush it off, and then actually give them time to sort of respond with more questions um, because how the answer developed. It sort of led into a discussion. Mm-hmm. The more ordinary and ongoing the conversations, the easier it will be to have healthy attitudes about sex and relationships. That is something that... Uh, I, I was in a class with Jim Burns. He's a well-known author on parenting and, and also a healthy sexuality. And I learned from him, he just, he really emphasized, and I think that that's what we're trying to say here today, the more ordinary and ongoing the conversations, the easier it will be to have healthy attitudes about sex and, and relationships. So I hope what you're hearing Maria say is don't shut down the conversation, okay? And I think sometimes we as parents, we can be in that place where that's what we're going to want to do. And, and maybe we even assume at times, and so never assume that because you've answered the question once or you've had the talk, that that's it. Because, again, in, the, in their mind, the question may, you, you know, you may hear the same question, but maybe the circumstances around that question are now very different in their mind. And so, and, you know, they may be looking at this as a very different question. So another way of looking at this, never consider yourself that you've had the sex talk and now you're good. You know, I've heard people that are like, well, we had the talk and, and now we're good. Um, we like to think of it rather as an ongoing conversation. And this is far more effective and far more healthy because it's this conversation. It's not, not going to be something that you talk about every single time you have dinner together or something like that. But it's an ongoing conversation where the kids understand that this is, you know, something that is safe to be talked about at home. In the sixth grade, dating becomes a thing. And so now all of a sudden you've got that in the mix. And so here you have to begin to address it. You don't want them to have their first, you know, date and then there's a, there's a hurtful experience because, you know, they had different perceptions of what it would be like and expectations or whatever it might be. And so what you want to do is you want to begin to have discussions on this. Discuss dating values about honoring God with your body about self-worth, about respect for yourself and respect for others, about personal and godly standards and all these things. And there's many other things that you could begin to talk about. Maybe even about some of the boundaries. Could be about when should you be home and, and all those little things that, that you know, um, can you be in each other's rooms and things like that. So these would be some great things to talk about. We said that in the first phase, the sex talk is about how God created you. In this phase, you want to increase your posi- positive affirmation and affection. Because, all, because of all the physical and emotional changes that are taking place during these years, the, the kids, the, the teenagers in this phase can really begin to question their own bodies. Because so much is changing, they themselves are maybe often confused about how they you know, feel about themselves and, and why is this happening and why, you know. And so it's very, very important as parents to affirm them, to, to you know, again, affection and hugs and those kind of things are also important in this phase. They need you to affirm who they are. Okay? If you become uncomfortable with some of the changes that are taking place in their body, this is going to have a big impact. And so they need you to affirm them and who they are. At this 
age, self-confidence is a big struggle. It's a big thing. And they may struggle with their bodies. And why are these changes happening? And, and, and so, again, very, very important to have these conversations. So it's important to instill in them what is happening. Explain what is happening. And if, and if you can, maybe, you know, relate to, to some of the, the, the experiences that you had during that time. Don't downplay what's happening. Don't say things like, don't worry about it, but rather let them know, I'm glad you told me. Please keep asking. These are important questions. You know, this can be a few confusing time. And, you know, and again, if appropriate, you can inject some of your own experience and say, I remember when I, you know, blah, 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 whatever it might be. So again, it's really important that you don't downplay some of the confusion, okay? Stay involved and curious in their lives. And here's something you need to know. They're going to push away. They're going to push away as a parent lean in, okay? They're going to challenge boundaries. They just will. And so what you want to do is you want to stay connected. Social media becomes a, a big part here. And so again, they, they're going to begin to evaluate themselves and view themselves comparing themselves to other people. You know, why do I look this way and they look that way? And so we need to remember in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says, God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So we want to instill in the, our, our kids in this phase is that every single one of us was created uniquely in God's image. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, the high school phase. So this is grade 9 to grade 12. The goal in this phase is to coach them towards healthy relationships coaching them towards healthy relationships. So our, our, our disciplining and our training and those kinds of things are done. We're moving on to now coaching um, in these uh, high school years. You want them to establish personal boundaries and to practice mutual respect. During this phase, you want to discuss dating values even more, okay? Set boundaries together. Remind them, don't give someone control of your life. That's a big one in high school. We're not gonna, we're not gonna give control to someone else. Just by dating, that, that's... That's not giving our whole life over to them. Mm. By this phase, no conversation should be off limits with parents. There's nothing off limits anymore with the parents, okay? Blunt, unashamedly moral conversations about anything and everything make it easier for your kids to navigate their sexuality in this phase. Mm. Not to be scary, but it's during this phase in high school that they're gonna be most challenged to lose their virginity. And that's not everything, but it, but it is important. Mm. Uh, so. There's a lot of conflicting stats on this, but a lot of people agree it's usually between the ages of 15 to 17. That number changes, though, dramatically when teens are raised with both parents and when there are healthy conversations around sexuality. So that gives us a lot of hope, right? That stat will change when they're raised with both parents and also healthy conversations uh, about sexuality. So does this topic matter to your kids? Absolutely, mm -hmm. it matters. That is why it's so important. I just want to just wrap yep, it up yep, here yep, with this, yep. sorry. <laughs> um, with starting young. Mm -hmm. Because when you start young, you're building that foundation, and it just keeps going as they get older. It's super easy to start at age one. It is not easy to start at age 12 or age 14. So start when they're one, and then you build on that. And it, it just, it's going to make things a lot easier, and the conversation will be open. So if, as Maria was saying, that in this phase, you know, often between ages 15, 17, um, kids, uh, teenagers, especially pressured to lose their virginity. Here's, here's just a little side note, something to think about, and this, this is just heartbreaking. Often boys, after they have had sex with their girlfriend, often boys will feel less respect for their girlfriend after they've had sex. Think about that. That is, that is so incredibly cruel because 
Here's the thing, very often it's the boy who was doing the pressuring. It's the boy who was suggesting. It was the boy, you know, and I'm not you know, saying only that. But it, it's just such a, it's such a cruel thing that, that that happens. Now, at the same time, girls will often feel less close to their boyfriends after they've had sex. And so if you're, if you're in this phase right now, you need to hear this because here's the thing for a lot of girls. The reason, the motivator for having sex is because they want to feel connected. They want to be close. They want, they love, you know, this is, they, they think this is a way of showing their love. And very often, though, after they've had sex, girls will often feel less, you know, of that closeness than they did before, which seems, again, so wrong because this was the motivator. So parents, don't disengage. You know, let's say this is part of your story, that something like this happened. It's important for you to engage, and it's part of, you know, it's also important for you to have these conversations ahead of time. But if, you, if that hasn't happened yet, especially begin to engage, talk about, stay connected, actively aware of what is happening with their relationships, and, you know, and, and have those conversations. Have lots of conversations, like Maria said, about everything. Nothing is off the table by this time. Mm-hmm. So during this phase, you're going to need to discuss topics that are also front and center at school. And maybe things that you don't want to talk about, but you need to. Um, So this is gonna be things like sexual abuse, homosexuality, sexually transmitted infections, STIs, that's a big one, sexting, pornography, abortion, toxic relationships, good conversation to have. Normalize these conversations. Mm -hmm. So what we're saying is normalize them in the sense of you're gonna be talking about them at dinner. At bedtime. Bedtime is a great time. You want to go to bed, but the kids are yapping away. So this is a really good time to have those conversations. Maybe on the drive to school in the morning. But what we mean, what we mean with this is not is to say that we want to make these conversations comfortable. Mm-hmm. So you want them to know you're comfortable and you're willing to go on these difficult conversation journeys with them to help them navigate these questions, but from a loving and biblical perspective. So as opposed to what they may be getting from their school or what they're seeing at home, uh, not at home, sorry, with their friends, we want to say at home it's a safe place. And we're going to talk about what the Bible says, what God wants for us mm-hmm. sexually. So let's look at just one topic because as Maria outlined a few that you're going to have to talk about um, at some fo- point. And so let's look at just one, and that's pornography. Pornography is a topic that you will need to, at some point, address and have a conversation with, you know, with, with your children. So, you know, if we think about this for a moment, um, it, it is said, and different, again, there's always conflicting stats and in, in, in information on this, but it is said that most teens view pornography at the age of 11. Okay, and now with the internet, um, most teens are not introduced only to softcore they are introduced to some very, very uh, disturbing material because it's all on the internet. And so it's very, very important for us as parents to have these conversations. Now, if, if you're like Maria and I, you know, this is the kind of conversation that you just wish you didn't have to have. This is the kind of thing that you're, you're afraid of. And so I want to give you um, three rules um, on what to do should you ever ex- uh, encounter that your child has viewed pornography. Rule number one, rule number two, and rule number three are the exact same. Don't freak out. You're going to want to panic. You're going to want to freak out. You're going to want to, you know, you know, and oh, it's a big deal. This is a big deal. It's extremely sad. But if you freak out, I'll tell you, here's what happens. They retreat. 
And the next time, they may never come back and say it happened again or whatever it may be. So here's just a couple of thoughts. Let them know how sorry you are that they saw what they saw, that they, that they saw that stuff. Let them know how much you love them. Let them know that you care about them. Let them know, you know, and then ask them about how they feel about whatever they saw. It's going to be an uncomfortable conversation. And then obviously you're going to need to set some boundaries. The key to focus on here is that their innocence was lost. Okay? And I say this, and I want to say this carefully. You as a parent obviously need to, to process this. But sometimes what happens is only discipline. There's only some boundaries are put, you know, um, restrictions are made and all of those kind of things. And you need to hear, their innocence was lost. They can never unsee what they saw. So part of the process for parents is that we need to engage in healing. Healing is so important for them. Helping them sort through what they saw. Helping them understand the things that, that they engaged in, but at the same time, letting them understand that they're not ruined, that, you know, that this isn't something to be ashamed of. This isn't something that's disgusting. They aren't disgusting because of what they saw. So as parents, we play a really, really important role here in being a safe place for them to come and share about what they saw and, and, you know, and then at the same time putting boundaries in place. Cell phones and internet and computers and all those things, you need to put boundaries in place. That's your job as a parent. You know? But at the same time, more importantly than that, I would say is that you help them heal from what they saw. There's so much more that could be said about this, but I want you to just focus on one verse that may help us a little bit to understand where we want to lead them. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 says, Do you not know that your body, bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. Now, what we may be tempted to do sometimes with a verse like that is to use something like that almost to hold it over our kids. What I want us to do is we need to have boundaries, okay? But at the same time, you need to remind your kids you are so beautiful, you are so amazing, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So let's heal. Let's restore. Let's have forgiveness take place so that they can continue on in, in this incredible journey that they are on. And I think where we want to land is to encourage all of us that have influence on children. So parents, obviously, especially especially parents, but also grandparents, aunts and uncles, adult friends and mentors even maybe, to start the conversation early and keep it open and ongoing. Jim Burns in uh, Teaching Your Children Healthy Sexuality, one of the books that I have really found uh, very inspiring, uh, he teaches and he says, the most effective way to teach healthy sexuality is to take advantage of spontaneous teachable moments whenever possible instead of more formal talks. Use everyday situations and life experiences to get your message across. And God taught this concept first in Deuteronomy, right? When he commanded us um, to teach our children to love him with all of their heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength, right? And he said specifically, teaching them while you're at home, when we sit at home, when we walk along the road, when we lie down, and when we get up. That's what this is. Just teaching to keep the conversation open and ongoing, consistent, and also continuous, just like God commanded us to. All right, so we need to wrap up, but uh, I hope that this has given you some tools to think about. Um, I, just really quickly, um, there's more information in the back. But before we close, just 
I wanna, we want to invite you to um, an event that's going to happen at the end of this phase, okay? So really quickly, on February 16th from 3 to 5, um, we are going to host a conversation breakout. And what we want to do at these is we want to invite you just to come as parents, you know, to listen and to engage in conversation. And so, you know, that we, we went through a lot of material here. Hopefully you've taken some notes. But I think what would be really beneficial is that maybe as parents we gather together and we, no one's going to be teaching there, but just gather together and just say, hey, here's what I'm experiencing. Here's some of the things that, that we're going through. And so we hope that these are going to, this is going to be a great way for you as parents to be resourced, but also to resource one another. And so let me close in a word of prayer, and then we're dismissed. God, we thank you so much for this time. And Lord, I just pray for parents here that are uh, maybe in a place where they're wrestling with how to begin. Maybe they're in a, in a, a phase already down the road and they are, are in the midst of some of the messiness, some of the complicated uh, topics that we've talked about in the difficult places. God, I pray for wisdom for them. And I thank you so much that we have this opportunity to learn like this. And we ask, Lord, that you would now guide us as we lead our children. We're looking at this made for more. We want to have families that recognize and embrace that you have a plan for our lives. And so, Lord, through some of these phases, would we as parents, would we as uh, aunts and uncles, grandparents, cousins, whatever we may be, would we be in tune to what you are doing and that we would allow ourselves to be guided by you? I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of the day.